Welcome, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Catholicism, Not Just for Dummies. I'm Father Andy Vogel. And I'm Father Andy Bierman. In this episode, we will be talking about the origins of the church or the foundations of the church. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Landon, who asked this question. How, how did we get from Jesus and the apostles to the church that we have today? And is it the same thing? So... I think uh, I think aliens were involved somehow. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. you, if you read Eric von Donneken, Chariots of the Gods, that, that would be the answer. We are your hosts, Father Andy the Greater and Father Andy the Lesser. Buckle up, we've got a lot to cover. This is Catholicism, not just for dummies. Yeah, I thought it was all, all like, what was that movie? Fifth Element, Sixth... Fifth element. Oh, right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. They were the ancient Egyptians were from another planet. Yes. So, um, I was going to say it's not that exciting, but actually it is that exciting, but or more exciting than aliens. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, to begin for real, um, I think the first place we have to start is Matthew 16, where Jesus tells Peter he annoyed, uh, basically anoints Peter as the first pope, as the first leader of the church. Right, right. Yeah, and so that's where he says, you are rock, and on this rock I will build my church. So he's he's acknowledging that he's establishing a church. Uh, do we need to go into the Kepha and like Little Rock and Big Rock. Yeah, well, and I, the Aramaic. There, there's that line, but it's also I think more importantly is he gives them the keys to the kingdom of yes. heaven. So yeah. and and the, whatever you declare bound on earth is bound in heaven, and so forth. So the, so I think all of that together answers that question about the the authority. Yes. Yeah. So. But but at least you know we know from that passage that Jesus intended to establish a church because sometimes people argue that there isn't supposed to be a church; it's just a gathering of people who follow Christ. And yes, yeah, no, that he, um, yeah, they very much wanted to establish a church, uh, and that, yeah, the era, Jesus and the apostles would have been speaking Aramaic, and there's only one word for rock. Yes. Aramaic. And so it would have been very clear to those around him that Jesus was appointing Peter as the rock of the church. Right. right. Yeah, especially since um, the, the name Peter was not used, as far as we can tell, as a, as a personal name, the name rock, Yeah. until this time. Yeah. So, so yeah, again, we're in Matthew chapter 16. Verses sixteen to nineteen, I believe. Right, right. So, there was a kind of a rock, a Christian rock group called Petra, back in the eighties. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> so, there's a place in the near the Holy Land called Petra too, isn't it? They, I think they filmed Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade. Okay. There. They go into that building at the end for the yes, yeah, the Holy Grail that's in Petra. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think unfortunately that was one stop we didn't get to make when I toured oh. the Holy Land. Yeah, yeah, I was not able to go see it either. But I think it was offered as uh, an add-on, but we didn't. Okay. You know. Okay. 
Right. Anyway, the Raku Petra. So are they, were they Catholic or? Uh, no, they were just Christian. Okay. So, okay. but they should have been. Maybe, I have no idea. Maybe the members are Catholic. They maybe now. are now. Yeah, okay. now. Maybe they are now. So, and then Jesus in Matthew 28, the Great Commission, right? Go and make disciples of all nations, right. baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right. And so maybe this doesn't have necessarily have to do with the foundation of the church directly, but the sense that the apostles, that Jesus appointed Peter, the head of the church, and then told the apostles to go out and uh, to make disciples of all nations. Yeah. And so there is a, uh, Catholicism is fu uh, full of fun words. Uh, so in the, here we have apostolic succession, yes. which is, means that you, when you look at all of the bishops in the world today, they can all trace their lineage back to one of the 12 apostles. Right, so the, the bishops or the apostles at that time laid hands on the successor, meaning ordaining them as bishops yep. and appointing them. Uh, and uh, and then they laid hands on the next ones and so on, all the yep. way down till today. Yeah, so, uh, so because of that and because of, the Jewish had the 12 tribes, and in some ways the apostles, what would you say, replaced? Well, I think it's it would be called the New Israel. The New the Israel. Yeah. And so there's this sense that there, there should be 12. And so they, obviously, they needed to replace Judas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, so that we can see that right away in the, um, Acts chapter 1. Uh, Judas committed suicide, but they said his... Uh, his office was an apostle, regardless of the failings of the person in that office. It still had that authority of, of oh. the. Uh, so there's an Christ. office that's bigger than the person. Right. Yeah. So the, so it says um, they're they're saying we have to appoint a successor, and they they quote scripture. May another take his office. And if you look at that in Greek, it actually says, may another take his bishopric, meaning um, episcope in Greek, which is the word for overseer, episcope, so to oversee. So so even, even there, we have the idea or the notion of a bishop um, coming from that Greek word at the very beginning. And so there's already, and we'll get into it maybe a little bit more later, but there's already a, a, a hierarchy, right? Yeah. That's you know, right. you have people who are not, I mean, not to maybe use the wrong words, but they're like over or overseer, overseer of right. other people yeah. that are not bishops. Right. And so the, keeping in mind the teaching of Jesus that says when you have authority over others, you shouldn't lord it over them. Yeah. Uh, like the Gentiles do, but rather be of service to them. Yeah, so are they gonna like maybe modern Catholic lingo? We talk about servant leadership, right? Right, right. Like you lead, but you lead to serve. Right, and and especially for the apostles, but in other times as well, they they served most likely by uh, laying their lives down, by dying for the church oh. for their people. Because John is the only one who died of old age, right? The other 11 were all, all killed, yes. 
And they tried to kill John too in boiling oil, but he miraculously survived. So they just exiled him to an island instead. Okay. So. But that's where he wrote the book of Revelation. So. So no wonder the Lord had him survive. The, the, yeah, God used him. The for, boiling oil. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the so I think um, the the birthday of the church is commonly considered to be Pentecost Sunday, yes. which is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and um, that that already was a feast day for the Jewish people, which was the the celebration of receiving the law on Mount Sinai was called Pentecost, and so there was a lot of people in Jerusalem on that day for the celebration who heard the apostles begin to speak in tongues. Yeah. And uh, and they said, you have put the author of life to death, or you have killed the Lord. And they were cut to the heart and said, what should we do? And St. Peter said, be baptized. Yeah. And so it says there were 3,000 added that day. In other words, the church grew by 3,000 members on that first day. That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I know uh, someone once pointed out, um, actually some Protestants that I was hanging out with uh, in college, they said, you know, if you're gonna start a worldwide religion, like in some ways, the the Middle East or Israel is like the perfect spot to do it. Cause you have, um, it was like a major trade hub because you had, it's kind of like the link between Europe Asia and Africa. Yeah, they all pass through there to get yep. to the other continents. Yep. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe God knew what He was doing when He started. Maybe. <laughs> Wonders never cease. <laughs> you had a good idea there. <laughs> um. But yeah, the birthday of the church. The you know Pentecost. Um. You know all these apostles, disciples who, you know, were cowering in the upper room after. Mm -hmm the death of Jesus, now they're like boldly going out into the streets, yeah. proclaiming the gospel. Yeah. Yeah, there's a uh, there's an interesting note in um, Barclay who wrote commentary on scriptures, um, who says, a lot of times today we think of, you know, what, what are so few of us able to do in bringing people to the faith? You know, there, the, it seems like Christianity is dying out. There's hardly any of us. And he said, well, if the apostles had said that, they would never have got off the ground because they could have said, there's only 120 of us and the whole rest of the entire world wow. is pagan. But by the grace of God and their proclaiming the gospel, within 300 years, the entire Roman Empire was Christian. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah, truly amazing. Yeah. And yeah, we'll talk more about Constantine and the Roman Empire in yeah. a bit. Yeah. So, so I think um, you know how did the, how did what Jesus did and the apostles get transferred into the church, and um, the Catechism has a beautiful line on that that Pope Francis has quoted quite a bit too. That the action of Jesus and his teaching, and healing and salvation, once he rose from the dead, it it flowed into the church through the ministry of the church and the sacraments. So it's still Jesus who is healing people, giving him, giving them his body and blood and uh, filling them with the Holy Spirit and all that. But it's now through the, through the church, through the sacraments. 
And so in that way, St. Paul says the church is the body of Christ on earth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you see that in First uh, Corinthians 13, right? The, where St. Paul talks about the body of Christ. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The image of the body, meaning that Jesus is the head, yeah. meaning he's directing the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But but it's his actions through the body. Yeah. So uh, maybe you can speak more into this, but there's like a mystical connection between, you know, Jesus has his physical human body that's now in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is this, but in some ways we are the body of Christ, you know, right. the members of the church. And so, right. uh, yeah, like the interplay between the, you know, his physical human body and us being mm-hmm. the body of Christ. Right. Yeah, I think uh, I think of that when we pray the stations. There's one of the uh, stations that talks about Jesus suffered in his head and members on the way to the cross. And and in one sense, you, you can think of, you know, he was beaten on the head and crowned with thorns and also struck in his body. But in another way, you know, he suffered in his head of the mystical body while he was on earth and he continues to suffer in the church through through us through people that are suffering it's all uh united to the the suffering of jesus on the cross yeah beautiful no uh and we will be doing stations here soon that's stations right across yeah. during lent yeah so now one question that comes up is the the church is the church um like a visible thing on earth or is it kind of this invisible like sometimes you hear protestants say they kind of talk about the invisible church like we're all kind of like part of the church but not through any organization or whatever um and it's interesting like when you Look at especially St. Paul's letters. Like he may talk about churches, like in the plural, but that's in the sense that there's the church in Corinth, the church in you know mm-hmm. Philippi or whatever. But like whenever like he's talking about the the church, like in general, like the body of Christ, it's always in the singular. Yeah, there's only one church, one body, one faith, one Lord, one baptism. Yeah, and that's how he says it. No, Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and so. Where uh where does the truth lie? Like so Luther said the truth is in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Right? The Bible alone and faith alone. Faith alone, I guess, is another topic for another time, but yeah. but Bible alone. Whereas the Bible itself says that the church is a bulwark of truth. Yeah, the the pillar and foundation of truth is not the Bible, but the church, according to the Bible. <laughs> yeah, which the church, the early church actually wrote the scriptures. I mean, under the inspiration of right. the of God. Right, but the uh, church existed before they, the New Testament was written even. Yeah. That's in 1 Timothy 3.15, by the way, the pillar and foundation of truth is the church. Yeah. So, so we, go ahead. Yeah, so um, I think uh, in in uh, looking at the structure of the church, uh, a lot of the elements were already there from the beginning. Like yeah. there's mention of bishops, 
priests and deacons. Yeah, the hierarchy wasn't apostles. something that was added later. Right. Yeah. It was there from the very beginning. Yeah. And I think uh, uh, p- people get tripped up a lot today with the um, the human institution of the church as yes. opposed to the perfect body of Christ. And, yeah. uh, and especially when you see the sins of the people in the church and the failings and you know, even the even the priest in our own parish, yeah. you know, we don't we he said things we don't like or whatever. Yeah. That um, it's hard to see past that and see the divine aspect of the church. That yes. that it is the body of Christ and not just yeah. a human organization. Um, it, uh, how would you say it? like a perfect institution made up of imperfect people? It's human and divine at the same time. Yeah. Um, and this, you we see this hierarchy already in the Acts of the Apostles, mm-hmm. right? Uh, where it talks about presbyters, like which would be the priests, right? Presbyters, yeah. Um, and then it talks about it even talks about deacons, right? They appointed deacons so they could concentrate on preaching and prayer. Yeah. Um, and so you already see this uh, this hierarchy already. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But there's always that call to like, servant leadership. Like the the leadership roles are always there to serve the the people. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So I think the um, the the premise of Martin Luther and others that followed him was that the the original church has somehow become corrupted. Yeah, and, which is uh, a lot of them. Um, go back to Constantine, that the true church went yeah. underground uh, at Constantine when the church was no longer persecuted but became the, quote, state religion. Right, yeah, that that's Constantine then kind of made himself the head of the church and, and, uh, and that's where corruption crept in because he's a political leader and not, not a uh, bishop or something like that. Yeah, a religious leader or whatever, yeah. But, um, yeah, but I think... The answer to that is if you look at the writings of the church fathers in the 300 years before Constantine, you see that all the same elements of the Catholic faith already present in, in before that time. Yeah. So it wasn't something that happened at the moment of Constantine. Yeah, You see the evidence of the sacraments, the hierarchy, uh, the teachings of the faith, all those things. Yeah, because Constantine was 325. 325 when he, well, that was the Council of Nicaea, but I think 312 is okay. the, where he issued the decree to the, 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 the empire would be Christian. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah, and obviously with that came a flood of new Catholics. Right. New Christians. Right. Yeah, so maybe that's a, a something to talk about too. Like, uh, where is the origin of the word Catholic? Like, it's they were for, first called Christian. It says in the Acts of the Apostles, yeah, in Antioch as followers of Christ, and uh, and then where when were they first called Catholic? The the earliest written rev- record of it is um, Saint Ignatius of Antioch, who says, "Wherever Jesus Christ is, there is the Catholic Church." Uh, and Catholic just means universal. Yeah, and that was about the year 120 or so, so very yeah. early on. Yeah, um, which is, you know, still a beautiful thing. Like, I've been to 
many different countries now. I've been very blessed to be able to do that. But like, yeah, I just remember being in Kenya and like not knowing what's going on, but knowing what's going on because the mass right. is the same, but I don't understand, you know, whatever language they right. speak in Kenya. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that's, that is a beautiful thing. Wherever you go in the world, it's, it's the same church. Yeah. 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 So then fast forward to, so in some ways, I mean, there were heresies and things like that, but for the most part, Christianity was one church for the first 1500 years. Right, yeah. Um, Aside from the Eastern division, but that's that's kind of a separate issue because they didn't really depart as far as teaching of the faith. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so, but then in 1517, Martin Luther nails some uh, thesis or grievances um, on the church door in Germany. Right. Um, and it, he didn't mean to, uh, but it did start the Protestant revolution. Or the, revol- the breaking away. Yeah, the breaking say. away. Yeah, I think... Um... It was a, it was a challenging time because there was certainly um, a need for reform in the church. Yeah, there were certain abuses being. There were made. clerics that were living wealthily, and um, yeah. it seemed like they were in it for the money rather than to serve the people. And um, and uh, the the life of faith was growing lax. You know, people weren't really going deeply into prayer yeah. and the practice of the faith. Uh, do, do you want to say something or explain indulgences since that seems to be indulgences, the, the, yeah, the well, topic about <laughs> Luther? That might be a whole other podcast. They, uh, they were, they were um, giving indulgences in exchange for a donation to the church because you can, you can do some kind of penance or work of charity to receive an indulgence and so it looked like you were buying indulgences or or even buying your way to heaven but the uh, you know it may have it may have seemed like that or may have come across like that in some of the preaching but that isn't what it really was yeah and but the pope even to this day can like specify indulgence an indulgence right like we do certain acts like you can um lessen your time in purgatory right yeah it's it's part of the keys, the power to bind and loosen, which the Pope has. And yes. that, is, that means assigning the graces and blessings from one part of the body to others. So, yes. yeah. so Jesus has suffered and atoned for sin and other, other people's sufferings have been uh, united with that. And so it can be applied to other parts of the body that are in need of that grace. Oh. The biblical basis for this is Colossians one twenty four. Just in case you're wondering, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Saint Paul talks about how his sufferings uh, make up for uh, the lack, you know, the sufferings of Christ. Well, obviously, Christ suffered, you know, completely for our yeah. sins, but there's a sense that we can add our yeah. pain and suffering to the the complete suffering of Christ on the cross mm-hmm. and we can actually join it with Christ in the redemption of the world. Yeah, going back to that, he suffered in his head and members. So it's yeah. it, his suffering includes the suffering of all the members of the church throughout the time in history. So, yeah, again, so what was, you know, one body, one church, 
uh, quickly, you know, dissolved. I mean, you by 1535, uh, you had the Henry VIII, who had just been declared, um, I forget what the title was. Defender like of the, the Faith. Defender of the Faith by the, by the Pope. In um, England, he breaks off and starts the Church of England. Right. Um, because the Pope wouldn't let him get remarried. Right. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, so he declared himself the head of the church. Yeah. And um, So I was at a, at a Protestant church and uh, there's a little pamphlet about how the church, uh, uh, was it, um, was the Church of England in the U.S. Episcopalian, uh, Episcopalian church, and how it had started, and um, it just the line was the Pope won't let Henry the Eighth marry Anne Boleyn. There was like nothing about the fact that he was already married to Catherine. Yeah. So it's like the Pope is against marriage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's... like, well, no, he was already married. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, going so, back to the teaching of Jesus, but that's a whole other issue. Another podcast, yeah. yes. So, um, so yeah, you quickly have um, the splintering of Christian Christianity. Yeah, so I think um, sometimes you hear like the argument that um, the church is really made up of all these churches put together. Like if you put together the Lutheran and the Presbyterian and the Catholic, yeah. that's the church. Uh, well, I, I mean, you get people, I mean, that come up to even me and they're like, no, Father, like, you know, I'm Lutheran, you know, but it really doesn't matter. We're all Christians. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, um, no, it, it does matter. Like, yeah. you know, we it, believe slightly different things. I mean, we agree on most things, but right. there are some major differences. Yeah. Yeah. In a certain sense, that's true. We're all Christians, but the... I guess you could say like the fullness of the faith and yes. the means of salvation that yeah. Christ have given. Yeah, I mean, I follow the words of C.S. Lewis in his famous book. There is a sense of like, there is a mere Christianity. Mm -hmm. um, but there are some very important things that obviously we believe that the that Jesus gave to the church yeah. that our Protestant brothers and sisters don't believe in. That help us on the way to salvation, like the, all the, seven yes. sacraments yep. and um, the Eucharist. The Eucharist especially, so yes. Yeah. yeah, so um, it's. I think it's It's really a sadness now that the, it is. that the church is divided amongst all these because that was never the intention of Jesus. He prayed that all may be one, that all yes. of his followers yeah. would be one. So it's not his desire that we be divided against each other yeah. or, to, or to say, oh, that's okay, you know, that yeah. we all just yeah. believe different things and it's, it's all good. Uh, our disunity um, lessens our power to evangelize. Right, yeah. It hurts the cause because people say, well, you can't even agree among yourselves yeah. what the truth is, so why should I look into this? Yes, um, which is kind of where we get today, right? We get this sense of people who will say things like, they might even say, I, I believe in Jesus, but I'm not religious. Meaning that you know, they may even believe that Jesus is their personal Lord and Savior, to use that phrase, mm -hmm. but they don't, they think that organized religion is itself inherently bad. Right, right. Or that somehow it's it's separate from Jesus. Whereas, uh, you know, St. Joan of Arc, there's a quote from her in the catechism that says, the church and Jesus are one thing.
and no more needs to be said about it. Yeah, and this is a woman who was falsely accused by uh, a court that was supposedly gathered in the church's name. Right, and uh, burned at the stake. And burned at the stake. And yeah. so for her to say that is, you know, uh, even more, it means even more coming from her. Right. Yeah, so another another analogy that St. Paul uses for the church as a as opposed to the body of Christ is is the bride of Christ. Yeah. And so we think of, you know, the bride is um sinful. There's there's uh, marks and stains and all that, but he has taken the church to himself so that he might present her to himself without spot or stain or wrinkle that she might be holy. And so that's that's really the main uh, work of the church is to help people become holy and free of sin and stain. And the, and the great model of that, of someone who's already achieved that, is the Blessed Virgin Mary. She is known as the Immaculate One, without yeah. stain or spot or wrinkle. Yeah. No, beautiful for sure. So I think, yeah, the bride of Christ. It's um to say like I've I've followed Jesus and I'm good with Him, but I don't want anything to do with the church. Is kind of like saying, you know, you can come over and visit me, but leave your wife at home. I can't stand her. I I enjoy being with you. It, it's yeah. it's an insult to someone to say that because you're you're rejecting their wife, their bride that yeah. they've chosen. And and oh. that's kind of what we're saying to Jesus when we say, I, I'll follow you, but I don't want anything to do with the church. Yeah. Yeah, I I remember, I probably haven't said this in a, a while, but I used to use the analogy that, you no, know, sometimes like our Protestant brothers, sisters really do um, get a, a lot of things right. And so I always like kind of equate it to Right, the stars in the sky or like a bright star in the sky and you no know, and our positive brothers and sisters are like you know hey like you know look at that star like look at jesus mm -hmm. and you know sometimes you know us catholics are kind of like down here like meddling with our telescope you know like looking at it and like trying to adjust it or whatever yeah. um but if we use the the gifts of the church if we use our catholicism well mm -hmm. uh, we use the telescope not just to look at it as a fancy thing but we use it as it's meant to we look at the star we look at jesus and we can see jesus that and the saints in a whole new brighter right. way right with with greater clarity right. and glory yeah as you would through a telescope and so i so i that's a recognition that sometimes as catholics we do get kind of bogged maybe bogged down some things but if we used all those things that we get quote get bogged down by properly they actually help us see christ and god even more clearly and brightly right. Right, and to follow him. Even, to follow him you know. even more closely. And so, yes, the the church is here to help us get to heaven. Mm -hmm. like, that's why Jesus created a church. Um, and, you know, some people use that as an argument. Like, some people think, oh, like, if you look at the Gospels and even the New Testament, like, Jesus is going to come back right away. And it's like, well, no, like if, if that was going to happen, like Jesus wouldn't even bother establishing a church. Mm -hmm. But he very much established a church, which meant that there was going to be a time between when he ascended into heaven 
in the time that he was going to come back, that there would be this time that where, you know, the church would carry on his work. Right. Yeah, and I think in some ways it's, it shows the beauty of it because here we are 2,000 years after Christ, and how do we know that that his teachings haven't been corrupted along the way or that that errors have crept in? It's it's because of that guidance that he gives to the church that that uh, makes it infallible in, in yeah. those specific teachings to to really help us who are this many years later to have to have the the solidity the the truth of our salvation that's necessary yeah. to know with certainty that this is the teaching that came from Jesus. So yeah, going back to Matthew chapter sixteen, I think it's verse nineteen where. Jesus tells people the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Right, and so we believe as Catholics that when it comes to uh, matters of faith and morals, that the church will always teach uh, the truth of Jesus right. Christ. That's right. No, and it's for the sake of our salvation. For the sake of our salvation. Yeah. No. So, well. Anything else? I don't think so. Okay. Well, thanks again for spending another half hour with us. Take care and God bless. Yeah. And if you have any other questions you'd like us to discuss or or no. joke around, that's fine. <laughs> we can no, feel free to leave them in the comments. Okay. So. All right. God bless. And then always, ad maiorum dei gloriam. 